Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the very best fancy tools and analysis on the entire internet. Go check them out. HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Waz, to answer all of your valuable preseason questions. The next topic that we should talk about is looking at the... It might be a little too early, but we're going to look at these ADPs. Right? If you go out to HashtagBasketball.com, you have the hashtag projections for next season. Um, they're pretty good, actually. Uh, it's, I, I liked... I always recommend people get a baseline, have your own projections, have your own rankings, your own, um, I guess, value system even, um, you know, develop your own. But you, you want to start somewhere um, with, I guess, something you trust, right? And like hashtag basketball rankings, I, I usually start there for the last like few years, ample years, really we've been doing this is that it's a good starting point there are other sites out there as well and i use those too i look at all of them and i put it i put my own thing together but hashtag basketball is always my very first starting point um, but what's really nice is hashtag basketball also has the adps from yahoo next to the players that you are drafting which um is very uh, very handy i think that's because that's also something you want to keep in mind when you are, um, I guess, when you are when you're drafting, and uh, I figured Tyler, we could go into the hashtag rankings and see, you know, it might be a little early, but see where uh, the rankings and the ADPs are furthest apart, right? Um, I think that would be a good, you know, it would be a, a good way to like get a gauge on where maybe people are at this early stage. I mean, the values are going to change, right? Like, the ADPs are going to change, and that's fine. Like, the more drafts we get, the more the ADPs are going to change. But I think, you know, if you're drafting, you know, early, this is great, right? Maybe you get some value. If you're drafting later, you can, you know, kind of just set your list how you want to set it. And that's mostly what I go off of anyways. Like, sure, if I have somebody ranked at 50 and he's going at 100, I might pick him at 70. But I'm going to still, like, want to get him. So I'm going to want to pick him, you know, higher than anyone else is even going to think about it. Absolutely. There are two players that immediately caught my eye, actually, before I even went to hashtagbestball.com, uh, doing a mock draft on Yahoo. Uh, no, no, by the way, no respect. Uh, DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, uh, Chicago Bulls' finest, both are about 15 spots off. Hashtag basketball has Zach Levine at 39 overall. Projected next year, ADP 52, Mar DeRozan 33 overall, ADP 48. Actually, a little confused by the lack of respect for the for these two players, because Zach Levine has been, especially post trade deadline last season, was out of control. Just a couple seasons ago, he was a top like. 20 player um you know maybe that's where the fallout he was a top 20 player and then you know he was a top 40 player maybe that's that step back but then also demar Derozan, absolutely out of his mind uh last season 29th overall per game 
19th the season before. Is it just that he's 34 years old? Like, what, what's what, where's the hate coming from from the, the ADP, the Yahoo drafters out there? Uh, in the nicest way possible, it's the age, the injury history of Levine, probably. It's the age for DeRozan, and it's... What do I always say, man? It's supposed to be fun. You want to draft players you're going to want to watch, and... I mean, you want to watch them, but I don't know how many other people want to watch the Bulls. No, I'll be honest. I don't know. I don't know how much Bulls I I want to watch this season. I'm going to watch a lot of Bulls this season. I don't know if I want to watch them. But Demar Derozan is absolutely fantastically entertaining player. So I, you know, you're gonna have to take that. You're gonna have to take that one back. But I think where Demar, where where it makes the least sense for me is Demar Derozan. Right, you could be questionable on Zach Levine, but he still scores twenty five points a game. You should no one outside like if you're scoring twenty five points a game, you should have some insane flaws in your game to go outside the top fifty. Zach Levine's going fifty two. Just doesn't make sense to me. Zach Levine in the fourth round is a no brainer. Oh yeah, and I mean the Rosen in that same spot, it's like, you know, it's which pick your horse. Which one do you which one do you want? I mean like they're both going relatively, you know, right there in that, you know, kind of fourth, fifth round area. And it's like, they both should be probably a full round higher, at least, Absolutely. right? Yes. And- I think DeMar DeRozan could, could easily be like an end of the third round player. It's, it's, he is consistently, I know a lot of people, and this might, maybe this is why, but I'm not going to give these, uh, I'm not going to give people credit. He is a... Roto, more roto friendly player with his percentages. If you don't care about percentages, you're looking at a guy who gets like 25, 5, and 5, which is also good. So I don't know what you're complaining about, but the percentages really do prop him up, especially with the free throw. Yeah, I guess maybe too, so there's some worry that like they trade Levine and then because Rosen's on an expiring, they trade him too. And then like, you know, he's the, they're both like the third option on, you know, an insert contender here, but like, let me let me let me just quell those worries right away for any, the listening audience. If you're worried about Zach Levine and Demar Derozan being traded, that would mean that you believe that the Chicago Bulls uh, front office is uh, going to reset and replan and retool for a future build. That's that's not gonna happen at all. It would have happened all fucking ready. So. Um, it is it is dire times here in Chicago. I'm with you there. The next guy I got on my list here, uh, just doing just doing the quick math. Some of these make sense. Like Christos Porzingis kind of makes sense. He's ranked 30th. He went 42nd. People are scared of his injuries. Okay, eh, okay, that makes that makes kind of sense. But this player stands out to me, Chris Middleton. One of the podcasts, I mean, is is Chris Middleton in the uh, watching the boxes uh, favorite guys we always talk about Hall of Fame? Oh, he's got to be right. He's he's got to be. 100%. He, he, he like we might have talked about him more than anyone over the last I don't know ten years. I would love for some lunatic. Hey, there's AI tools out there. You could probably do this. I would love for somebody to put our podcast through the AI tools and uh, do a uh, a name count. I would love to, I would love to see that, and I, I almost guarantee you, Chris Middleton's in the top three. Yeah, and eighty-seven. Like, why? Why is that a thing? Eighty-seven, like, ADP. Did, did anyone like see the playoffs? Like, I I get the Bucks crashed out in the first round, and and it was ugly, 
But look at Middleton's stat line from the playoffs when he was actually healthy and playing 35 minutes a game. It's it's old Middleton. It's regular, unconscious Middleton who has been a top 40 player consistently, uh, sometimes a top 30 player consistently for many, many years now doing all of the nice things. Now, you could say maybe that like 20... Uh, six and five or 25 and a half, five and a half uh, with a steal and two and a half three pointers and really good um, free throw percentage. You could say that maybe like the league has like grown and all these players are getting so much better that like 25 and a half and five and a half isn't what it used to be. And I think that's actually true. It's not what it used to be. It's still a top 40 player. So you're going to. So no, no, just let me just hear me out here. So you're gonna pick Jared Allen, thirty spots higher than him, which is relatively what the ADP tells you to do, because he can average fourteen and ten with the block and a half and a good field goal percentage, but nothing really else. Like this is where like sometimes things just don't make sense to me as far as these rankings and and things. It's like. Sure, I guess there's not that many guys that get you 10 rebounds in a block, but, like, Middleton's good pretty much across the board. Like, there's not going to be much steals. You know, field goal percentage, we can discuss where that's going to be. It might not be great, but it's not going to be, like, it's killing you. No, it's, so, like, it's not killing you at all because he's, he's not taking a ton of shots. He gets to the line. Um, and, I, and I don't think there's any evidence, at least I didn't see any evidence, um, let me pull up his, you know, let me pull up his numbers. Yeah, I mean, he he went to the line last season. Now, granted, last season played very few games, thirty three games. Was on minutes restric- restrictions. Um, he had four point four free throw attempts the season before, three point one, but post trade deadline, three point five. That's in um, twenty seven minutes instead of thirty two minutes. I actually don't think that's a like that that doesn't count as like a, a downward trend to me in my opinion. If you look at per thirty six, his it's numbers better. were were basically better in almost every category except for the steals were slightly less, the blocks were were slightly less than they were the year before, but better than some years. But there's not going to be any blocks like that's fine. And he took point three less free throws than he did the year before. So assuming he's healthy and can play. 65-ish games, which is all anyone's going to play. Yeah. Middleton's in the top 50, and you can get him at 85, 87. Like, it's, it's crazy. 87. It's not, it doesn't make sense. Brandon Ingram currently 51 uh, ADP, 52 on the on the rankings. Um, 23, 5.5, 5.5, not a steal a game. Only 1.4 or 1.5 three-pointers three a game. Like, and Ingram's going probably at value. Um, Chris Middleton is better than that. He's <laughs> and going you can have him <laughs> thirty-five spots. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't it's make crazy. sense. It does not make sense. No, it makes it makes about I would say zero percent sense. Um, the next guy, okay, this is a guy I do want to talk about, and I've wanted to talk about him for a while, and I was kind of holding him in my pocket. Uh, this is my sleeper, and uh, I've been keeping an eye on this guy, and I know I, I banned. Sleepers are dead. There's no such thing as sleepers anymore. 
this actually like coincides with what I'm talking about, which is value. Value for your draft pick. And Chris Middleton is probably the best value you can get out of a top 50 player. There's a guy that I'm targeting in my late draft who hashtag basketball's rankings kind of gave me the uh you know the hey you're on the right track here and every every once in a while i am on the right track zach collins for the spurs adp is currently 137 his ranking is 91 when you pull up if you remember that post trade deadline uh stint when zach collins was playing 29 minutes a game. This was a guy who was averaging over a block, over a steal, one and a half three-pointers, eight rebounds, almost four assists. We were talking about Alfred Sagoon not that long ago, um, who doesn't do all that. Uh, he he's doesn't get the steals, right? Uh, at least I don't think. Free throw percentage, 80%. Um, Last season, it was 76 overall for the whole season, so I want to be fair to percentages. Uh, I don't want to give you a small sample size. And about 50% field goal per game. Feels like Zach Collins, who's 20, almost 26 years old, is about to enter his prime, is on a team that's going to play him. Getting him at, at, with your last pick, next to last pick, feels like a no-brainer. Yeah, and that's the right spot. If he was ranked at 80, like, I'd be super concerned just because, like, I mean, in three years, the three years prior to last year, he played a total of 39 games. Right? So there's some some risk there as far as, like, injuries. Um, but it looked like he finally put it together, and the Spurs are notorious for this, right? Like, they are very good at, you know, getting extracting talent out of players, and they may have done it again here. Um, I think Collins is a super interesting guy. If he can be my last pick or my second to last pick, I love that pick because there's a lot of upside there, like you mentioned. Um, if he starts going inside the top 100, I get a little queasy just because you might get 20 games out of it. I'd be happy taking him in the 10th round and beyond. I would, I would, I would, after pick 100, I'd go, oh, Zach Collins is on the board? Cool. Uh, that's fine with me. That's how that's how high yeah. I am on this guy. I don't want to take him at 100, and I'd probably be like, "All right, know your league. That's the number one thing. Look around, know your league, see if they like Zach Collins, see if they don't like Zach Collins." Um, if you're nervous, I would just take him at 101, right? And if you're willing to let it ride another round, grab somebody else who might be still left out of your, you know, someone who's like a top 70 player who nobody wants to draft, like. I don't know. Has everybody anybody heard of Tobias Harris? Yeah, that's one. That's one I was gonna bring up. I cannot believe Tobias Harris is just. I mean, like I get it. Last year his numbers weren't great because he kind of became like the fourth option. But yeah. I mean, come on. Like if Harden's gone, isn't he right back up to being the number three option and averaging eighteen points, seven rebounds, three and a half assists? Like he's good, man. I don't know why he's going so late. If Tobias Harris is hanging around at 101, I'm taking Tobias Harris. And I'm waiting 12 or 24 picks or whatever the hell, how many picks it's to my next pick. And then I'm taking Zach Collins, right? And I'm 100% with you on this one. Tobias Harris ADP is um, 101. Wow. I didn't even know that. 
taking him. I said I'd take him at one hundred and one. Everybody else is taking him at one hundred and one. What am I? What am I confused about here? Like last season, seventy eighth overall, and that was in the role behind Harden, behind and be like you're saying. We don't. Is, we still don't kind of know what's going on with James Harden, right? Like that hasn't been decided yet. But upside here is you're you're potentially looking at a guy who's in the top sixty. Maybe if everything falls right, I don't know. I want. I know. I was gonna almost say top fifty, but I don't know if I'll 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 go that far. But it's like a top sixty player you can get outside the top one hundred. That's a no brainer. Yeah, I'm with you there. Like I just don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand why he's there. Like it just it doesn't make any sense to me. It just does not. I don't know. I don't get it. And there's some other like kind of weirdish values around here. Like. I mean, Jonas Valanciunas is another guy where, like, I get it. He's not going to play a ton. But, like, you can get elite rebounds. Clint Capella, like, is also ranked around here. But, like, he's going 20 spots higher. And, like, isn't Jonas Valanciunas going to outperform Clint Capella this year? Yes, like, you get a, a nice, like, 25, you know, 30. Like, Jonas Valanciunas is going right around pick 100. You get a nice 20, 30 spot boost right there by, like, grabbing Jonas Valanciunas or Tobias Harris at 100 and being like, okay, well, no one else wants these guys, but they're going to be valuable. It feels like the trend is, like, guys who used to be, like, solid mid-table, like, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys who've kind of, like, stopped producing at a at, at that level, but have only pro- they're only producing, like, one round down or two rounds down. They're all going outside the top 100. Like, nobody, nobody wants to... Old guy, nobody likes the old guys, Tyler. And there is an old guy on this list that also I'm kind of, I'm actually really shocked at. Um, this guy finished in the top 25 last season. His name is Brooke Lopez. Uh, you heard about him, you know about him. You pro- he probably helped you win a league last season. Because once again, he's going 57th ADP overall. What, what am I, what am I confused? To, what, what, what am I missing here? Last season, he played 30 minutes a game and, like, hung out and shot threes and blocked shots and got rebounds with decent percentages. Why wouldn't he do the exact same thing this season? Like, people are overpaying for, you know, Miles Turner is going 34th overall. Brooke Lopez is kind of almost doing everything Miles Turner is doing. He's like a eighty, you know, eighty percent Miles Turner. He's going outside the top fifty. Yeah, I mean, I guess everyone likes to be like, "Oh, well, this is the year he falls off," and then when he doesn't, they're like, "Oh, well, next year." Yeah, I think. I mean, a lot of. I mean, Brooke Lopez is almost. He's like a. He's like a a poor man's Jaron Jackson Jr. If you want Jaron Jackson Jr., you got to take him four, you know, 15th overall. If you want Brooke Lopez, like Brooke Lopez is like a great puzzle piece. He's a perfect puzzle piece. You need the blocks. You need the threes. He's he, some of these other centers in this space, right? Aren't puzzle pieces. They are Nick Claxton. He's a center. He gets rebounds. He gets blocks. That's what he does. He's a center. The end. Vujovic, on the other hand, is a puzzle piece because he gets almost a block, almost a steal, some assists, some really good rebounds, some threes. Brook Lopez, also a puzzle piece. Over two blocks a game, but hits the threes, gets okay rebounds, 
scores good percentages, right? You should be building a puzzle, and Brooke Lopez should be part of that puzzle. And I would be happy I get about getting Brooke Lopez outside the top 50 every day of the week. 100%. And we talk about this a lot, I think, where it's just like, for some of these guys, like, I don't really want to draft Nick Claxton at 49. Like, why? Why are you doing that to yourself? I need two blocks. Oh, okay, but you could get someone like Brooke Lopez who can actually help you in pretty much every category. Like, the assists aren't going to be great, steals aren't going to be great, but, like, every other category, he's at least average or better. And so, like, that's the kind of guy I want. I don't want a guy who's going to boost me in three categories but give me nothing in four. And this is the other thing. Nick, you take Nick Claxton in the fourth round. And like, Nick Claxton is fine. He's actually good, right? What I've seen in the fourth round, and you could go look at the ADPs yourself, Darius Garland, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, uh, there are plenty of like good players, like very good players, kind of hanging around in, in, in round four. And if you're going with like a mediocre center, when you could have gotten like the same ballot, like the same player around, or maybe even two later, Brooke Lopez. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You're you're basically missing out on an absolute hot deal in the fourth round. And I I think there's going to be a lot of hot deals in the fourth round. Like I'm it's best it's best player available for me almost until the fourth round at this point. Well, here's the other thing. Like just looking back, right? I mentioned some names earlier. I'll mention a couple more. Like you can have Jakob Podol at 85. Okay. Like why do you need to jump for your center in the fourth round? And you can, like you said, you can have Darius Garland, you can have Zach Levine, and then you can have Potal at 85. You can, you can have Rudy Gobert at like 62. Yeah, you can have Jonas Valanciunas at 100. Like, you can have a lot of centers are still left on the board later in the draft. Like, honestly, you can have Zubac at 110. Like, is Zubac that bad? He gives you what you want from a center rebounds, a block, yeah. 1.2 blocks, and field goal percentage. That's at 110. Just boring-ass center stuff, just like most of the other players who do boring-ass center stuff. He just does it at, like, an 80% clip instead of what you're expecting, which is, like, Nick Claxton, who um, is going to give you 12, 9, 2.5 blocks. Yeah, it's the blocks that you're paying for. You're paying... You're getting, you're getting you're 12, 10, and 1.5 blocks. You're paying 60 spots higher for 1.2 blocks. If yeah, that's don't what you do want to do, go ahead. But that's not for me. Yeah, don't don't get tricked by the block the block crew. Um, I I recommend you staying away from those kind of basic centers early in the draft. You get Here's a other... you know a special center, go for it, but uh, not Nick Claxton in, in the fourth round. Here's the other thing I think you can do too is. Kyle Anderson's going 136th to 0.8.9 blocks a game. Matthias Seibel's going uh, 150. He gets you a block a game. If you really think you need that block that bad, there's lots of dudes hanging around in the last pick. You could pick that give you a block a game to make up for that block that you picked in the fourth round. That extra yeah. block you picked in the fourth round for no reason. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Get someone good. Wait. Wait, you'll, there's guys out there. You can find somebody. 
The last, I guess, underrated player I wanted to talk about, and if you if you got any more, please, absolutely, let me know. I, I wasn't going to talk about Trey Murphy, but like, it feels like Trey Murphy is being undervalued. Like, that's not like, you know, you know taking him at 103 instead of you know, 90. Okay, cool. Like, that's fine. I feel like, and I feel like this is most years. Once again, absolute disrespect. Jimmy G buckets. G stands for gets, Tyler. I'm talking about this guy legitimately might be Michael Jordan's actual son. There's an investigation going on right now. Very suspicious genetic ties to Michael Jordan. Jimmy G Butler, the father of LeBron James, who owns LeBron James every day of the week is going ADP 27. That's generous because I've seen him go in the third round. I've seen him go in the fourth round. And I even saw him drop to the fifth round in a mock draft that I was in. What? This this whole area is crazy. Because most people don't, they don't know who to pick in that like late second, early third round. They just don't. And they like, do I want Butler? Do I want Kawhi? Do I want towns like all these guys that like they have a pretty significant injury history right paul george is in there like they have a pretty significant injury history it's going to come down to who's going to play you know what are you feeling and honestly like if over Kawhi and george especially like give me butler at least we know he's going to try to play 60 games Kawhi might play 20 yeah and like well, george might play 20 that's what I mean. Butler's good. He's always good. He's always a little bit underrated. Like, yeah, give me him all day. We've, t- we've talked about guys who do this a lot, but this guy does it at, at the elite level. You know, the threes aren't there, and we've all known that. But that, think about this. He's doing it without the threes. Last season, 16th overall. The season before that, 16th overall. season before that, 10th overall per game. The per- He's over 50% field goal. I, I, I cannot stress enough. Start caring about the percentages. Percentages mean something. Those are two categories, for God's sakes. Two out of the nine, if you're if you're playing the nine cat. Um, a fourth of the categories, if you're playing eight. Twenty-two points, actually twenty-three points a game. Almost six rebounds, five assists, one point eight steals. Let's say the steals are one point six or one point five next season. Oh well, right. Let's say. Dame Lillard shows up in Miami all of a sudden. You think that's going to make it easier or harder for Jimmy Butler to play basketball? It's going to make it easier, my friend. I'm I'm, I'm taking Jimmy, but- Jimmy Butler in the second round, period. Yeah, who can create better? Tyler Hero or Damian Lillard? Like, it's Lillard every day, twice on Sunday. Like, that's just that makes just good sense. Now your your best perimeter player is on Dame and not Jimmy. Jimmy's going to eat. He was absolutely going to eat with Dame on that team. So I really hope that happens because to me, Jimmy Butler is the best value um, in the whole draft. Period. I got nothing else to say, Tyler. That's it, man. You you ended it right there. That was that was the, that was the tagline. He he might be the best value. 
Jimmy Butler is this the we don't believe in sleepers, but he is the sleeper of the draft. That doesn't make any sense, but uh, I'm gonna stick with it. You gotta figure out a good nickname for these players because sleepers are dead. Um, and Jimmy Butler rises to the top. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Tyler People. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes. If you like the show, rate, review us, or just uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter and uh, send cash to us in the mail. That'd be cool. Um, I, I've completely lost it in the show, Tyler. Oh, no. And that's it. See ya. And we will see you next time.